continue just to look at this wonderful portion of the scriptures where it talks about if you then being evil as fathers know how to give good good gifts to your children how much more shall your heavenly father give good gifts and give the holy spirit to them that ask for us who love him now i'm trying not to do this as a deep theology or go too deeply into every little part that i touch i'm just really my desire under god is to help you to see exactly how good the gifts are that god has given to us and uh hoping that you will love God more as a result of it. You'll serve him more. It'll change your prayer life and your praise life, your worship of God, your preparation as a pastor if you and a preacher, your preaching style, the way you, you look after people, etc. Just your whole life will be changed. And before I read the scriptures, and I'm going to read two portions of scripture today, remembering this, that Jesus came to show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the life of Jesus very much portrays the fatherhood of God, even though he was the son and our saviour and our Lord. He's showing us what the father's like. So I'm going to read the second portion of scripture is going to be uh, Jesus uh, in, in um, Mark chapter 3. But I want us to start by looking at Psalm 103. Before I read that, I just want to say this to us, that uh, we as human beings, we all desire the best for our families, whether you're a father or mother, Whatever it may be, you desire the best for your children. You want your children to be happy. You want them to be healthy. You want them to be secure, etc. And God says, if that's how you are towards your children, how much more shall your heavenly father? And your heavenly father gives us and is, is better than any human father. Just uh, something we need to um, understand is that we all, to some degree, we all have a distorted view of God as our father because of the distorted view we have through interpreting fatherhood through our own fathers. Some of us don't have fathers. We don't know who our father is, or we know he is, but he deserted us. They've let us down. They've promised us things and they didn't keep their promises. Uh, whatever the case may be, they've misused us, abused us. So to some degree, even though we're serving God and we love God, we still don't really see God the father like he really is. And, and God the Father is one of, the, one of his own gifts to us, not only Jesus the Son, but God the Father. And we sometimes fail to understand that God, it costs God so much to send Jesus, to give us this and to provide all this that Jesus has provided for us. It costs God. Uh, we see something of that when we, we read the story of um, Abraham going to have to sacrifice his son Isaac. Can you imagine being that father? When the son says to you, Father, we've got all these other things, but where's the sacrifice? Where's the offering? And knowing that your son's going to be the offering is the best as you can discern it. God, it costs God a lot to send Jesus, to, to let him come from heaven, let him walk this earth and be mistreated and abused and spat upon and beaten, whatever else, and crucified in the end. It costs God. But our fathers, our human fathers... They've let us down because they just don't, they did not have the adequate resources they needed to be good fathers. Some of them have been hurt themselves. They've, uh, they've had bad role models from their own parents. And so often we just, we transfer those concepts to God to some degree, some more than others. 
But if our parents have let us down, I just want to say this, if you're a pastor, a preacher, whether you're 20 years old, you're 18 years old, 16 years old, whether you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, you need to make sure you've forgiven your father, your human father, of anything that you feel that they let you down on. Just right now, forgive them, because if you don't, it's going to distort God the Father forever. It's only as we forgive from the heart that God can actually reveal to us how deep the forgiveness is of His own forgiveness is and what He has really done for us. So forgive them. Uh, until you have, you'll always have problems in some, some areas of your, your spiritual life. But bear this in mind, that cannot happen with God. God cannot fail. God has adequate resources. God has everything. He is the source of everything. He's the source of power. He's the source of love. He's the source of strength and energy and security. He's the source of health, the source of wealth, the source of stability. He's the source of everything. He is the God of abundance, and He's our Heavenly Father. And so, remember this, that Jesus revealed the Father. So let's read. We're going to first start with Psalm 103, if you'd read that. I would love to have read the whole portion. But we'll read parts here and there. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. And when I quote this back to God in the mornings, I say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But I want to read it here. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget them. Who forgives all your sins. We're looking at the good gifts that God the Father has provided for us, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways, this is all part of the fatherhood of God that we need to be praising God for, worshipping God, praying into. When we prepare, we bear in mind, this is the God we serve. This is our Father who he made known his ways to Moses. Now, bear this in mind, please. God wants you to understand something more of who he is through the scriptures, through the life of Jesus, but he wants you to be be that kind of a father or mother to your children, be they the, your physical children or your spiritual children. We all have them if we've been saved for a little while. We all have spiritual children somewhere. So he made known his ways to Moses. God will make known his ways to you, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. I love that. Or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. 
I'm going to just move down to verse 17. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Now, that portion of scripture gives us a whole bunch of stuff that the Father feels towards us and does, has done for us and provides for us and makes available for us. Now, we'll just turn quickly, please, to Mark and the, 13th, uh, the third chapter of, of Mark's Gospel. And I want to pick up just this little sh short period here where Jesus is appointing the 12 apostles. It says there, Jesus went up onto the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. Now, God has called you. And he wanted you to come. You had to respond. He gave you free will. And then he says here, he appointed 12, designating them apostles. Why? That they may be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Just those two portions of scripture. Now, I'm going to give you some things about the father again that I want you to look up the scriptures. I can't look them all up for you. Uh, we just don't have the time. I'd love to because I really do believe we need to be devote ourselves more to the, uh, the, the re public reading of scripture and that we need to preach the word. But God is our father in the following ways. First of all, he's an adopting father. And just bear that in mind. He's an adopting father. The scripture tells us Romans 8.15, Galatians 4.5, Ephesians 1.5, etc., they all tell us that God has adopted us. Now, there's a, something special about adopted children. I, I remember reading the story when I was at uh, Bible college, the first college I ever went to, rather uh, uh, reading the story of someone preaching and saying that these two kids were playing. One was an adopted kid and the other was the, was the birthed son of, uh, of this couple. And uh, the, the birthed son kept on kind of referring to the, the other son, the adopted son, as not the real one. And just just casting little aspersions here and there. And then eventually this adopted kid said this, and I, I've written, I wrote this down years ago. He says this, listen, your parents had no option with you. you, you, they, got what you what they, they got what they got. They chose me. They could have chosen someone else. They chose me. God chose you. God chose me. He adopted us and he gave us full rights, family rights, made us heirs of the Father and heirs with Jesus, the only begotten Son. Equal. He made everything available to us. So we are his by adoption and there's something very, very special about adopted children. God didn't just accept you God chose you. Secondly, God is not only an adopting father, but he's the father of the fatherless. Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6, if you read them for yourself. Psalm 68, uh, Psalm 27, verse 10. Isaiah 49, 15. Some of the scriptures that I'd love you just to look up, read for yourself, that God is a father to the fatherless. He's committed to us. He will be all to us and more than we can ever need and desire as a father. 
And so some of us may feel like we're fatherless. Even people in, in ministry don't have any spiritual father. And while I know that Jesus said, call no man father after the flesh, Paul also said, I am a father. I'm your father. Spoke to a whole church saying, I'm your father. So I'm talking about father in the right context. So he will give us all that we can ever need or desire as a father. He even sets us in families, as Psalm 68 verse 6 says. And you know that one of the beautiful things about this father to the fatherless is that he will lead forth the prisoners with singing, as we read of in that psalm. So release all the bondage and all the de de deprivations of not having a human father. Just release them right now and stop looking at your needs, problems, your circumstances, etc. And look to him. He wants to be your father. He'll be a better father to you than a human father could ever have been. And even for us as leaders and pastors, he, he is our father. And just like we are under shepherds, he is the good shepherd. We are fathers, but he is the father, the father of all. He'll take us in his arms, speak healing to our emotions, to our insecurities, to all our rejections and to all our fears. As 2 Timothy verse 1, I think it's the seventh verse says, God has not given to us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And then thirdly, God is a defender of widows as a father, Psalm 68 6, verse 6 tells us. He's like a father to those who have lost loved ones. He takes up their cause. He's not, he not only fights for them, but he supplies all their needs, like Philippians 4.19 tells us, and he heals all their diseases, as Isaiah 53 says heals all our diseases. He's a defender. He protects. He's looking after. He cares for. And those of us that are listening to this message and don't have a spouse anymore, God's there for you. Then fourthly, he's a covenant-keeping father. Hebrew, uh, Luke chapter 15, if you read that for yourself, the 11th through the 24th uh, verse, I'm going to refer to that in a moment again, but in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, just by way of you looking up the scriptures, even the prodigal son, while he was doing his own thing, far from the father, when he comes in, the father sitting there waiting for him, longing for him to return. Have a look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 and Jude chapter, uh, verse 24. God is a covenant-keeping Father, even when we've strayed from Him. You know, there are people in ministry that have strayed from God, still doing, going through the motions, but have strayed from God. Sometimes they don't know where else to go, what to do. They're stuck in, in ministry. They're not equipped for anything else, and so they just carry on doing it. But their hearts feel like God doesn't love them anymore. They failed Him so much. Remember the prodigal. He was the prodigal father, really. He looked out day by day, waiting, longing for that son just to turn around and come back. And what did he do? He just welcomed him. Open arms. The son wants to start saying, I'm not worried. He says, let's have a party. We'll come back to that possibly in this session or the next one. 
So he's a covenant-keeping father. He's committed to keeping us. Part of his covenant is that he keeps us. He keeps us from falling. And he's able to present us faultless. Faultless, not blameless, faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And we're kept by the power of God. He's committed to keeping you in your weakness. He's committed to keeping you in your trials. He's committed to keeping you in all of the temptations and all these things that come our way. As 2 Corinthians 12 verses 9 and 10 tells us, he'll always make a way of escape that we can bear it. And then moving quickly on because of time, he's a rewarding father. Matthew 6 verses 3 and 4, have a look at that for yourself. He rewards us here on earth and he rewards us in heaven. Matthew 5.12 There's going to be that day when he says Well done my good and faithful servant Enter into the joy of the Lord And he's going to give us If we've been faithful down here He's going to give us The more faithful we are here The more he'll commit to us And entrust to us in heaven And then he's a prayer answering father I feel like I'm skipping through this so quickly But time is just going by too quickly he's a prayer answering father Luke chapter 11 verses 9 through to 13 he's a prayer he, he, he answers prayer related to physical and emotional and spiritual marital relational healing uh, all our needs financial material emotional that Philippians 4 9 and 2 Peter 1 3 that he's given us all we need for life and God, uh, godliness in this present world through our knowledge of Christ and he wants us just to make it need our known, needs known to him. He knows our needs, but he says you have not because you ask not in the, in the book of James. So just ask. And you can look at James chapter 4, verse 2, Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Look at John 14, verses 13 and 14. And so I could go on. And he also answers prayer related to deliverance. He wants us to be like Jesus said, if the sun shall set you free, John 8, I think it's 32, uh, if the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And the, the truth that you know, the truth shall set you free. Then he's a giving God. He gave Jesus. He gives us every good and precious gift. They all come down from above, from the Father of lights. He's a, have a look at James 1.17 again. He says, uh, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally, just generously, abundantly. Matthew 7.11. Have a look at those. He gives us all that we'll ever need. He will never hold back anything from us that is for our good. Psalm 34 verses 9 and 10. He even gives us the desires of our hearts. Psalm 37 verse 4. Have a look at those. Moving on quickly. He's a forgiving God. Not only is he a giving God, but he's a forgiving God. Matthew 6 verses 6 through to 15. I, I cannot, I, I don't know how to share with you how forgiving God is. And that Psalm uh, 103 tells us that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us, that when he forgives, he forgets. These sins will I know, remember no longer. I choose to forgive. As far as the east is from the west, yes, but even in the depths of the sea, I he's cast them into the depths of the sea. There's no sin. That you can have committed no sin that Jesus cannot forgive. And I know that the devil loves to say to us, well, what about the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Well, the beautiful thing is that anyone who is concerned they committed that 
hasn't committed it. It's just a demonic lie. Because if you had committed it, you would not be concerned anymore. So help people. Help your people, your family, your church family, all those that God gives you. Help them to walk in the goodness of that. And God has made adequate provision for all your sins. Because he just simply says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to pick up in the next session and just quickly relate to you a few things that I think make us good fathers, that God does towards us and wants us to do towards our children. So look at the next message, but go before God with this one and ask him to help you to live in the good of that. As I ask you now just to bow your head, Father, please, you love us, you care for us, you're a perfect Father, there's no inadequacies in you, there's no possibility of you ever failing us. You've done everything we need, and when you gave us Jesus, through Christ you can provide every need we'll ever have. And so I ask you to meet the needs of all those who are listening to this message. I pray that you forgive them for their sins and help them to live in the freedom that is ours in Christ. If the Son sets us free, we shall be free indeed. And from our hearts we say to Lord that we want to forgive our parents, our fathers, our mothers. We want to forgive all and everyone, everywhere, because we want to be more like you. We want, like Jesus, to be able to reflect and show people what you're like. Help us to do that and to be good, faithful, committed servants and sons and daughters of God in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the honor, all the glory, and we'll do it all of time, forever, into eternity, through Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen.